0: Rhythms of grace. Rhythms of grace. I want to ask you just to think real quick about people you know in your life. And you might be willing to think about your own life. Here's my question. Do you or the people around you all seem to be experiencing life from a place of peace and rest? Words like overwhelmed cease to exist in conversations you have. No one ever says they're tired. No one's ever stressed out, worried, anxious, depressed. Could I keep going? What I'm present to in my own life is life often demands more of me than I think I have available. Life often demands things of me that I can't accomplish on my own, and this is the hope I find in Jesus, that in God the Creator, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I'm invited into a story that does not expect me to be the expert, that does not demand me to have all the answers, but invites me to a relationship with the living God that I could draw life from the giver of life. And so when this life that I'm living begins to feel like more than I can handle, I begin to lift my eyes up and I begin to embrace a life of faith that is absolutely about relationship with Jesus by the presence of the Holy Spirit, experiencing the love of God for you day in and day out so that maybe our lives begin to look a little bit different than they would if we were living life on our own in our own resources, by our own strength, and by our own power. And so I want to remind us of what the scriptures say. Jesus is talking to us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, and he says something very important, and it's this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest there is this reality of if we begin to humble our lives and come into the presence of God revealed in Jesus, the presence of God in prayer by the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, we begin to see this wonderful exchange. When we make our lives available to God, God promises, I will make my life available to you. I will give you what you need. So if you're here today feeling a little bit tired, take a nap. No, I'm serious, it's okay. What is it that God is inviting you to, to these rhythms of rest, these rhythms of grace? Last week we talked about the rhythm of prayer. That prayer is this posture we take where we receive the love of God, we open up our ears, our spiritual mind and heart to listen to God, And then, out of that relationship, that's what we share with other people. We would be with other people, and we would listen to other people, and then we would share the love of God with other people because we believe the scriptures give us this important truth. The truth that you are loved is a truth strengthened through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in prayer. We looked at Romans 5, 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The most important encounter with the Holy Spirit is the love of God, and then we work from that place. When we pray for our friends, we pray for our roommates, we pray for our teammates, we pray for our coworkers, we pray for our family, we pray for our enemy, the posture of God's heart that we take on is always love. It is a rhythm of grace. That we get to live into and so today we're going to look at the rhythm of scripture the rhythm of scripture and what our hope is is that you would begin to see these are available for you day in and day out wherever you are and wherever you go you can pray at any moment it is a conversation with the living god and today we want to look at the importance of reading scripture that there's a grace for us when we posture our lives in the presence of god with the holy bible and we begin to let the Word of God speak to us, and the presence of God meet us. There is a grace for us in reading Scripture. Scripture is not to be weaponized. That doesn't sound very gracious. Scripture is not to be idolized, because our worship is to God and God alone. Scripture is an invitation to know God, God's character, God's heart, God's presence with people throughout time and season. Scripture is a grace for us into relationship with God. Spending time with God in Scripture invites us to experience and know God. Not to just have knowledge that we operate with apart from God. Not just to have like an answer. Anybody like to pass tests? I did. I was one of those weird people. Like I just wanted school. Like I just have lived by this narrative. It has to be good I wanted to know the answers and pass the test it's not the point of Scripture the point of Scripture is an invitation to a relationship with God who will always be the one handling all the answers on our behalf so my conversation with us today is not to make you more religious not to make you feel bad like oh Yeah, I don't really read the Bible very much, Kurt. That's okay. Today's an invitation to maybe read it a little bit more. It should comfort you. But maybe you need to be challenged a little bit, challenged to experience God in the rhythm of grace that is in Scripture. Some of us need to be challenged to not let Scripture create an edge in us that's harsh, but to be called to compassion and mercy. Do you know the heart of God? The beauty of Scripture is we can connect to God's character. It actually creates an intimacy with us in God that we go, God, is this who you are? Scripture is a place and a practice for us to connect with God's presence in a real and tangible way. Real and tangible way. The thing that I want us to see again is that it's an invitation. So Jesus' invitation to us. Hear it again in the words of Eugene Peterson out of the message. This is the invitation to the rhythms of grace. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Even as we look to that part of Scripture, I think we should begin to see that Scripture should invite us to wisdom, Scripture should invite us to know God. Scripture should invite us to freedom. What do I need to lay down? What do I need to pick up? Who is it that you're calling me to become? That the reflection of my life would reflect you and your glory. The reflection of my life when I'm facing Monday and Tuesday. When I'm in that battle Thursday night that I feel like I don't know how to get through. What is it that's going to shape my life? What forms me? To live and look more like Jesus day in and day out. Well, one of the things I want us to do is to look at the life of Jesus. Jesus has this invitation, come to me. And we go, well, Jesus, do I like the way you live? Trust me, if you don't like the way of Jesus, just don't follow Jesus. It's okay, you're good. But if you're looking for something more, if you're exploring faith that would maybe give you life, I think Jesus shows us the way. And so look at how Jesus is in Luke 4. Anybody have something difficult coming up in the next week or two? Has anybody faced anything difficult in the last year? Okay, in the last three and a half years, have you faced something difficult? Yeah, every hand. I got you on that one. Sorry. We don't talk about that. Jesus faced a test in the desert. He was hungry. He was lonely. He hadn't really accomplished a whole lot as we understand the accomplishments of his life. And he has this confrontation. And this is how uh, Luke 4 starts. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. How many of you want to sign up for that assignment? Next 40 days, just every day, tempted by the devil? Well, I've got good news for you. There's a way through it. And this is how Jesus did it. When Jesus was tempted, Scripture flowed From his lips. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. When Jesus was challenged, Scripture flowed from his lips. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. When Jesus was crucified, Scripture flowed from his lips the early temptation in the wilderness jesus answers it is said do not put the lord your god to the test finishes the faithful life of jesus on the cross saying it is finished scripture 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 and not to draw a huge contrast between jesus and myself i'm sure many of you are already aware of that But I don't regularly quote Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 8 when I'm facing life. Some of you are like, what's Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy is an Old Testament book in the scriptures. I don't regularly have Deuteronomy flowing from my lips. Jesus did. Jesus has the scriptures flowing out of his life in every moment he has need. It was the grace of Jesus' life, and I believe for us to be the community of Jesus' followers, we're being called to be, it should flow from ours as well. Rich Volotis, who pastors a multi-ethnic, multi-generational community in New York City, says this, one of the ways to live like Jesus is to internalize scripture so that when we are cut it spills out. It's a good word. That when we are cut, what spills out of us is the love of God, the wisdom of God, the presence of God, the character of God. That we can live like Jesus. Romans 12, 1 calls us to something really important, and I just want to show you what scripture can do for you. It can like totally wreck your life in the best way. Like if you're comfortable with your life, if you like calling all your own shots, if you like operating in all of your own strength and wisdom, then you're good. You're good. If you are aware, like I am, that I am not quite that powerful, I am not that sufficient, I have need, then what I experience is the invitation of God in like a passage like Romans 12. And it says this in verse 1, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... So the first thing we have to realize is, any way we're relating to the text, it is the mercy and compassion of God. You might be going, Kurt, how do you decide that? Well, the scriptures say it is the compassion and kindness of God that would cause me to turn toward God. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Scripture is an invitation into the will of God, the goodness of God, the pleasure of God, the way of God's kingdom. And what I love about the scriptures, it invites us into the work of God throughout all of time with all these different peoples and situations and perspectives, and we get to step in and continue that journey today. And so like a real practical question is, how often do you experience reading scripture? How often are you considering scripture and the heart of God and the people that are unfolding before your eyes as you read it? And what do the scriptures mean for us Today, I think Scripture is an invitation to be transformed by God. And here's what I mean by that. If you keep reading in Romans 12, it says this in verse 9, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I mean, I could spend the rest of my life like working on one of these. One of these. I have to be hospitable. And I have to be sincere in the way I love you. But don't forget to be joyful. Joyful. And when you have affliction in your life, just know that's normal. But we're going to do that different because of the love of God in us and through us, because we're in a community that's finding a way together differently than the patterns of this world. There is a pattern of the world, which we are really good at, and there's an invitation to the way of God's kingdom and his goodness and his will and his way. But then it just gets harder. Good news. Bless those who persecute you. Why would I have to bless someone who persecutes me? Because I'm being persecuted. The people living in this day and time are being persecuted. The church is being persecuted. And what is the call of the life of Jesus on the church? To do what? To bless. How do I know that? I'm in the scriptures. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Oh, good. Good, that just applies to everyone. Do you all see the call of God's kingdom is different? So what will it demand of us? We become different. We become transformed. And we get transformed by the Spirit of God. We get transformed being a part of a community of people who look to the Scriptures, not just our own wisdom. We can't just look to the wisdom of our day and time. We can't just look to the wisdom of humans. We have to discern a wisdom that is from God. So we have the Scriptures. We have the Holy Spirit. We have one another. Scripture should comfort us and challenge us always. If when you read the Scriptures you're only comforted, you're not reading it fully. And if you're only challenged, you're not reading the mercy and grace. It should do both, comfort and challenge, so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are a new creation in the waters of baptisms. We are being transformed into that new creation, day in and day out. The rhythm of grace is time in God's Word. It should bear fruit. To should bear the fruit of transformation. We should be a people of blessing, of joy, of joy. We should be a people who understand how to mourn. Who pursue harmony. And dare I say, we would be the people who live at peace with... I don't want to say it. We live at peace with everyone. Okay, let's say that together. With? Now from like, with like conviction. With? Everyone. This is Jesus. This is the scriptures. This is good news. That we would be a people of peace and blessing. There's no way we do this on our own. It's not possible. That's the whole point. We need each other. We need the promise and the gift of the Holy Spirit, pouring God's love into our lives, renewing us, empowering us. We need the Scriptures read personally and in community to understand where should i be comforted and where am i being challenged and how am i being transformed i want to finish with this a friend of mine jared patrick boyd wrote this recently on his social media feed Most of what is in our way is not external to us. It's rattling around inside of us. This is a hard thing to come to see and even harder to come to accept. We assume that we don't grow or change because of something external to us, but I tell you that I spent a decade or more believing that if I could solve the external problems that my life would feel better. But this is just not so. It's the stuff on the inside that keeps us all bound up He's pointing to some words of St. Augustine. But I was bound not by anybody else's irons, but by my own iron will. So when I read Romans 12, there's this wonderful grace that invites me to know the good and pleasing and perfect will of God so that I can begin to let my will be yielded. I can let my life be yielded and I can welcome the life of God revealed in the scriptures to take residence in my interior, in my mind and in my heart and to the depths of my soul. That the rhythms of prayer and the rhythms of scripture are rhythms of grace because I'm experiencing God's presence. I'm being invited into God's wisdom. I'm being invited into God's life. The scriptures are not a weapon. I know they're a sword of truth, but they are not weaponized in God's hands. It is the love of God, the compassion of God, the mercy of God, and the grace of God that says, come home. Come home to me. Get away with me. Spend time with me, and I will show you the life-giving life that you long for. You do not have to know it all by yourself, but when we have the rhythm of grace of reading scripture We're invited into this grace that only we can receive from God. And here's how it's looked in my life. I'm building anticipation. Like, how's it looked, Kurt? A number of years ago, I had this goal to read through the Bible in a year because as a pastor, I should have read the whole Bible. Some of you are like, Wait a second, if I was here, and you hadn't yet conc- completed the Bible in a year, what kind of pastor did we have? You just got to pray for grace. So, to my great delight, I completed reading through the whole Bible in two years. It's a rhythm of grace, guys. Come on. It was the YouVersion Bible app, Nikki Gumbel, Bible 365 that I stretched into two years. It was grace. You know what the greatest delight of my heart was when I was reading through the Old Testament? It says this phrase over and over and over and over again. But the unfailing love of God. 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 God. People be crazy, but the unfailing love of God. People be disobedient, but the unfailing love of God. People act wild and are doing their own thing, the unfailing love of God. God, we worship you, let's build an idol the next moment, but the unfailing love of God. It is the unfailing love of God from Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelation, which gives us hope for eternity, and that is what the scriptures proclaim, and if you spend time in the scriptures, you will see the unfailing love of God. It's a rhythm of grace. So since I checked that off and I gave myself an A, you know what my goal is now in Scripture? Open the YouVersion Bible app and at least get one verse a day. At least get one verse a day. Maybe for you, you need to do what I did and save up your pennies and your dimes and your dollars and buy a paperback back Bible. And open it and sit with it and mark it up. And just go slow and let the grace of God come, day in and day out. Wherever you are on your journey, I think God is just inviting you to consider something more. Something more. Because God always has more grace for you. There's always more love for you. One of my favorite apps right now, if you happen to have a smartphone, you can get Lectio 365 or Lectio for Families. I think they also have it on the World Wide Web. So if you can get to the internet on a computer, you can access that. It's like a nine-minute devotional. And here's what's really cool about Lectio 365. It teaches you how to pray, week one in this series, the scriptures. Week two, you can combine praying scripture, and then you get all of your grace, two for one. Right? (laughs) Let's be efficient, folks. But what it does, when you make this kind of commitment to go, okay, I'm going to open it up, and I'm going to get a verse you're beginning to say, God, I cannot do today without you. I just cannot do today without you. Some of you have dialed into the rhythm of grace that is prayer. You need to share that with a friend. Maybe the next step for you is to not just read it personally and privately, but to read it with a friend and go, hey, the scriptures are alive to me. Could we talk through this? Could we talk through this? So I want to give you one really practical tip of how to read the scriptures. This can be daunting, right? Do you know really smart people spend their whole lives and they disagree about this book? What do we do with that? Oh Lord, (laughs) help us. You and I could read something the same and we could probably have a different take on it. Right? It's possible. So when we read the scriptures... Just like when we're driving around to places we don't know where we're going, we need a GPS system to help us get there. We need a map. So here's a GPS for scripture. When you read scripture, ask, what does this tell me about God? G, what does this tell me about God? Can I see the heart of God, the character of God, the faithfulness of God? What do I see about who God is? Then the fun one, here's where it's fun. What does this tell me about people? What does this tell me about people? Turns out, we think it's a real special, unique time. What we're doing today as humans is what we were doing back then as humans. When I was in my master's program, I remember the very first uh, class in one of them, there's this quote, and it's like, this is the most debaucherous, wild, crazy, you know, bizarre generation that's ever lived. And it was like 3500 BC, or something like, it was like this... You know, long time ago, that's what they said. Turns out that's what we say today. People be people. So what does it tell me about people? And the last is S, spirit. What is the spirit of God saying to me about my life being lived towards Jesus? The spirit is always calling us home to Jesus. The spirit is always calling us into the love of God, Romans 5, 5. For God has poured out his love on us and that is why we have the Holy Spirit. So if you're not sure how to read scripture, G-P-S, God, people, and then spirit. You just listen, God, what are you saying to me? We believe God can speak to you, wants to meet you, and move in your life. Let's be a people who will embrace the rhythm of grace that's found in scriptures and share that with each other. Let's stand. I'm more and more convinced that we don't need more information to secure our faith. The internet would have saved everybody. What we need is encounter. We need revelation and encounter that we know that we know that the living God is alive and for me. And that the love of God is being poured into my life in ways I couldn't have fully understood before but I have encounter with God. I have revelation, and it's like, it's like I see life in a whole new way. That is what we all need, and we need it again and again and again. We need the renewing of our minds. And what that tells me is this. What I'm actually inviting us to is a story where God is bigger than all of the experiences we've had to this point, and God always has more for us. That I've yet to reach the end of God. I've yet to fully satisfy my soul and to fully be transformed and made into the fullness of God. God is still God, and I still have need. And when we close our times at the end of services, our question is what do you need? What do you need? How do you need God to meet you? Maybe the scriptures were weaponized against you at some point in your life, and you're just like, I don't even want to go near the scriptures. Maybe we would lay that down today. Maybe you love the scriptures, but your heart has become hard, and it's causing you to not love people. It's not the way of Jesus. It's not the way of Jesus. Because the scriptures call us to love the way God loves. So I just think for all of us, there's, two, there's sort of two things that I want to invite us to consider is do you need to receive from God today? Do you have a need? Is there just something you need? And is there an invitation for how you experience reading the Holy Bible that God is speaking to you about? You already know. I'm not going to do homework checks this week. We're not asking for your metadata on did you get on the Version Bible app or whatever it is. We want you to experience God's love and God's presence so that you would walk around different. You would experience life different. And you would know the reason is because the living God is meeting you and filling you and speaking to you and calling you home. So God, we just know that we, I don't even know how to do this part week in and week out. Because we need you to show up and I don't get to control that. I need your encounter, we need your revelation, we need you to come and meet people. And so I just pray as it relates to scripture, free us up. Free us up from performance, free us up from pressure, free us up from religion, that we might know you, that we would know the love that is revealed in Jesus, we would know the love that is poured out by the Holy Spirit, because we would stand confidently in the love of the Father, who looks to the horizon and says, welcome home. Every time we turn towards God, it's just like, yes, he's pursuing you and he loves you. May that be the way we relate to the scriptures that we can't wait to get to the scriptures because we know God's ready to meet us. Very specifically our team was praying before service today and we had some uh, one of our prayer team members was praying last night. And what we've been doing is asking God to like just give us insight. How do you want to heal? Where do you want to move? What do you have to say? And so we're going to take a risk today. One of our team members felt like if you have a diagnosis of leukemia, we just had a sense that we were supposed to pray for healing for you. We're supposed to pray for healing. And so, if that makes sense to you, uh, and that's part of your story, I'm going to ask you just to, to linger and just, if, you're, if you have as much courage to come down here, we want to gather around and pray for you. If you want more of God, we were going to, I'm going to pray a blessing prayer, but I'm just going to ask you to do this. Either grab the people right by you and go, I need prayer today, and let them pray for you at your seat, or come down and we'll just pray for everybody else here. If you go, if you just resonated, I need an encounter with God, I hear you talk about it, it just sort of feels flat. I've tried to read the Bible, I've tried to understand, you actually need to know that you know that you know that God's real. We're going to pray for that as we close, that the scriptures would come alive, that the spirit would come alive, that your faith would come alive because the living God has met you and poured out his love on your life. And so God, we just close by saying, we want to be a people of blessing. We want to be a people of peace. We want to be a people of harmony. And what we know in order to do that is we need to be a people who are united with you, the life that you give. So pour it out. Pour out your life in this place. Pour out your love in this place. Pour out your spirit in this place. Wherever there is need, we receive it. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen.